All right, everybody, it's time for Entitle Town. All abroad. Woo! But first, it's time for Four Down with Patrick Scartelli. Thank you, ironic detachment. These are the four downs for the Jets at Patriots from Sunday. Down one, the Foxborough, Massachusetts power grid. A little wind drops a little tree branch on some power lines to your most important tenant, and there's no electricity. They had to delay the start of the game. Why, Buffalo got seven feet of snow, and they managed to start their game on time. Be better. Down two, my DVR. Because of the delay, it didn't record the end of the game. Granted, I was watching it live, but what if I hadn't been? I would have had to wait for the sporting news to be published and then arrive on the newsstands on Tuesday morning and find out who won. They should make these DVRs so you can extend the end time or record the next program or something. Jeez Louise. Down three. The unnamed Jet player who knocked Captain Center David Andrews out for the rest of the year. I can't find any information over who did it anywhere. Now there is a league office conspiracy. You middens losing dullard. And <laughs> down four. Punter Michael Pilardi. Good job filling in for the injured Jake Bailey. But I had heard all day Pilardi was a left-footed kicker. And when I finally saw him, I'm pretty sure he had both feet. I feel that I've been lied to about his physical condition. And that's not cool, Patriots. Well, those were your four downs. We now continue on to Entitled Town. Uh, Princess Venmo will post the link to Scartsy's GoFundMe to update his Betamax. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. <laughs> Now Mann is out there for his 10th punt of the day for the Jets. Marcus Jones returning for the Pats despite an earlier ankle injury. He waits on the right hash mark of the 25. The snap, waist high, pressure-free punt, and it's a good one. Forcing Jones to backpedal right side at the 16. Stabbed left, ran it right, down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the left side, to the 45, beats the punter to the 35-30. Marcus Jones down the middle of the 10, into the end zone. Special teams and the defense wins it for you. Almost in a walk-off. Out of board, Jets. You're ready for prime time. Get your buses started. Get on the plane. See you back in New York. That's broadcast professional Bob Sochi with a Make-A-Wish recipient in the Patriots booth on Sunday. Media Mike, the Patriots beat the Jets. Ho-hum. Uh, another day, another dollar. It's a day that ends in Y. The Patriots beat the Jets. 10 to three. Um, that is the most Jets way to lose a football game. Um, but what, what were your immediate takeaways? We're recording on, on the 10th anniversary of the butt fumble, which we'll get to. But uh, how are you feeling after that game? Um, well, I thought the, uh, you know, I have a high tolerance. I, I prefer, I, you know, people, people complain about, um, uh, it's not pretty. It was ugly. I, I prefer ugly, uh, not from not necessarily from a uh, 
it doesn't have to be a defensive battle. It can be an ugly high scoring battle too. Uh, you know, basketball games with lots of turnovers, guys diving on the floor of the ball, kicking off. I need that as a drop. I prefer ugly. I got to figure I, out how to I, do I have a high tolerance, high tolerance for that. I will say, you know, people, people do this thing. Oh, you don't, don't, um, you know, oh, you can't review everything because the games will last four hours. What the fuck else I got to do? I'll, I don't care. So, <laughs> but that first quarter, that was long and it, the action was whatever fine, but it was the there was it was so fucking <laughs> that was incredible. But um, overall, you know, I I defensively uh, just they they look they look like they're they're a juggernaut, um, and I I hope they can keep it up. Second uh, overall in points allowed uh, yeah, in the NFL, pretty tough. They're pretty tough. Um, but you know, and then offensively, you know, I feel like I, I saw Chatham say like, oh, they you know, it's all about the run blocking. And, you know, I, I kind of want to disagree with it a little bit, but then I, you know, what have we been talking about all year, you know, playing from behind the sticks, um, you know, is what they've been doing. Cause they've been, haven't been as successful on early downs running the ball. And they, the, the way that they, you know, they, I, I don't feel like it's that, is that simple as I'll just, just run block better. I think it's kind of, kind of both things. Um, need to happen, but it might be a chicken or the egg thing. And I don't know how to right. kind of untangle those, untangle those two things. But, you know, when I feel like that their offense is going the best is when, uh, you know, Damian Harris, who I think is, is doesn't have as high a ceiling um, athletically and you know, not as good in the passing game as Stevenson, but I feel like when he is running, you know, north south in the guard center gaps and uh, in, in guard tackle gaps, that's when they're real. They can get really cooking, just because I feel like that's an indication that they're they're blocking well up front, and he's just and he's running downhill. That so, was on display yeah, Sunday because yeah. Stevenson could get anything going. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and yeah, he's Harris is, is less of a make guys miss kind of guy at the, um, you know, at the line. So yeah, when they get that going, so so I guess I, you know it is kind of a I don't know which how much of uh, it is of, of each of the things, but you know. Uh, it was, I, I was entertained as hell. I thought it was, I, I liked it. It was, it was waiting for the other guy to blink. Um, and it was, it was a real Khrushchev uh, Kennedy thing. So I, I enjoyed it. And it was a deep rock fight. It was, that was a total rock fight. You bring First up Kennedy reference. today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, timely. That's right. Oh, especially today, huh? <laughs> two, what is no it? 60, 59 years. You got two in the bucket. Is that what it is? You got two in the bucket 59 years ago today. Jeez. <laughs> Scarty, what were your takes takeaways from the game? I mean, obviously, it's a fantastic win against a divisional rival. Divisional games are rock fights. I get well, it. Sure, this is a team that they'd played, you know, just a scant uh, couple of weeks before. They, they, they they've got uh, they've got the tape on each other, and it was pretty much the same game plan. Was you know they were not going to let uh, let turnovers beat them. They were going to go in there and just uh, a, a whole bunch of things went absolutely wrong and they still won there was uh missed field goals which never happens even with uh you know harlan doing the uh doing the mushing there there oh, was harlan's you know, horrible harlan <laughs> and trent green are awful yes they are the 10th year man out of central michigan like I, I, that drives me insane <laughs> i mean i had to mute it no oh, one yeah. likes kevin harlan more than kevin harlan just for the record I thought he did a good job on calling the uh, calling the you know the punt return, but that I, almost anyone could do that well, except for Zolak. But that's egg, egg, as as we heard, unfortunately, there were two dropped interceptions. The only thing, the only bounce that went their way was uh, John U. Smith's you know oh, inexplicable fumble, 
where he was he was on his way for a touchdown when he just butterfingered it. Um, a couple of other things. It was it was it was a very winnable game, and they did win it. Big, if true, Dan. We've been accused of being Pollyannas when it comes to, uh, you know, the Patriots offense. Um, some o- old goofball board members, uh, Fegis and LeBron, I've been going back and forth with over the last couple of days, and I'm kind of stealing. Who's on what side? Who's I'm just just like uh, I think we're the baddies, and they think that they're uh, truth, justice, the American way, and I, and I like both those guys a lot. So, and I've I've been texting with them on this and. They, they're people whose opinions I respect. So I guess I mean, we're going to go back they're not, to... They're, they're not Newt Rockney. Let's, you know, let's not oversell this here. Well, that's true. Well, I also might I also might be Ron Meyer in this. So, um, Dan, Mac, I'm stealing Mike's thunder on Twitter. Mac completed 85% of his passes against a team with a really good defense yeah. in adverse weather conditions, but I felt like they could only move the ball between the 20s but I also think that they weren't going to take any chances in that game. He was taking sacks rather than putting the ball in jeopardy even a little bit. Are we being Pollyanna on the Patriots offense and on Mac's development? I thought Mac played a very, very solid game. And I think we'll know a lot more at the, after January 8th than we do right now. He was hurt. It's a new, uh, I sound like I'm making the Drew Bledsoe excuse. It's the second offensive coordinator in two <laughs> years. But um, how do you feel? You know, we might have been in the past. We, and it's more of a wait and see is where we were in the past. But I don't know how you can criticize him for that particular game. Because all things considered, oh, I, I definitely believe he got the, um, Zappy the guidance. That he got the guidance. No, I, I definitely think he got the guidance that taking a sack in that in the conditions yes. of that game yes. is not a bad thing, you know. And somebody had some stats saying that they were in there like two and a half to three seconds, and, and you could see it. They're trying to throw the ball away, unless it was trying to throw it into the dirt at some some runner's feet. That that could have been a, a real adventure. Um, and you and I, I, you and I actually talked about this. If they misjudged anything in terms of personnel, it's they they didn't do a good job with the offensive line. And they're to be fair, they're dinged up as hell. Yeah, well, I think about that with the line. I mean, look at where they were in 2021. I mean, at the start of free agency that year, um, they lost Tooney to KC and they traded away Cannon. And it looked like Andrews was gone too. And that so they uh, signed uh, Ted Ted Karras back from Miami. Uh, then later the same night, they re-signed Andrews, and all of a sudden, now they had flexibility and strength along the line, even to the point where uh, Unwainu wasn't starting. And, and then when Trent Brown came in mid-year after injury, all of a sudden, that line was dominating the line of scrimmage. So you fast forward to this year, and they trade away Mason, and they draft Strange, but this time they lost Karras in free agency, and they didn't make another right. pickup. So suddenly a team's strength becomes precarious, subject to any injury dealing a blow to the position. And it's held them hostage all year. It's, it's going to be the determining factor in how they go forward. Mike, this is from old friend uh, Fegis from the Goofball Board. He posted this in our Slack uh, regarding the Patriots. 29th in offensive turnovers, 25th in yards. 28th in first downs, 28th in passing touchdowns, 17th in rushing touchdowns, 
20th in points, 22nd in third down percentage, 31st in red zone touchdown percentage, 18 offensive touchdowns in 10 games. I would counter their second in defense, six and four. Both things can be true. The offense cannot be opt- uh, operating at an optimal level, but they're also, I mean, what a coaching job by Belgium. Yeah, as for the offense, I think, you know, it's, I just think they just, they got behind, they got, they looked, I thought they were going to start clicking there, you know, in the, in the Ravens game. I'm going to, you know, be clutching onto that one forever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, and then I just been setbacks and setbacks and then they could never kind of get right. And they got right a little bit <clears throat> on the line. I think when, when Zappy was in there and, and Mac was down and then you get to in, reintegrate Mac. So I, I just don't think there's been an opportunity and looking at the aggregate kind of stats at this point, and I know it really hasn't been better um, certainly this week uh, from a, a statistical standpoint, but to me, the only thing that really is the big like concern is, you know, can, can they win in the red area? And it, it just looks like to me when they get, when they, you know, they get a penalty, they get a sack in that red area, they're not throwing past the sticks. Right. They do have a couple no, of guys, no, Stevenson and Myers, who can, um, who they can throw in, you know, they can throw in front of the six and, and they can make plays and, and try to get there, get the first, but they're just not taking the risk. Cause I think their defense is so good that they, they don't want to take that, that chance. But at the same time, they're not down there to, to score three points. You know, it's not, that's not by design. Right. And it just seems to me like whatever they have, whatever they're doing with Henry in that down there, um, you know, be it for protection purposes, uh, you know, and Parker hasn't been what they thought in the red area, but I just think, again, it's, it's a function at this point of everything that has kind of gone wrong for them. He got injured. So, you know, if they come out offensively um, in, in Minnesota, I, I'm done saying, you know, I'd be shocked if they don't, because I wouldn't be shocked if, if they you know put up 10 points and, and win 10 to three um, again, but I, I just think indoors, even yes. with, even if, if, if Andrews doesn't play, uh, it's just gonna. Look, I think it's gonna look a, a little bit different um, protecting protecting the quarterback, uh, even on short rest. Um, I you know they've been really good historically on Thursday night. You know that's Belichick had Tom Brady at quarterback that covers up for a lot, but I I, I, I like them on short rest better than I like the the Vikings on short rest. Don't you think it's a risk reward thing though, Mike? With you know the Jets, you can't you're gonna beat the Jets more often than not if you don't give them a goddamn game. So the risk reward, you're not going to call plays from the zappy playbook. You're going to wait for them to lose the game rather than you going out and try to, you know, try to take it. I mean, I, I think that's exactly what it was. It was a staring contest between Salah and Belichick and the Jets. I mean, punt the fucking ball out of bounds. How fucking dumb was that? Yeah, and it only and, took that one mistake. And especially, right, especially in a situation where if, it's going to be difficult to come from behind um, in that, in that weather. And you're, you're putting yourself in a, a you know, when you have an extremely accurate kicker who, you know, is, is dealing with the wind and he, he you know, didn't, didn't ha- he had problems with it. So yeah, it, it, you, we just, there was not, not a lot of good um, situations that could arise by taking shots and pushing it down the field. And so I understand it and, and that it, it worked, but um yeah, I, I think I think it will look a little bit different on Thursday. And maybe maybe I'm I have my my glass. It just feels like it's gonna be different. I don't know. You know, I agree well, with you. How anxious I really... for you guys? I'm sorry to interrupt, Mike. 
how anxious were you guys um, when you had the situation when Jones went out for that little bit of time and you've got this, he's not a rookie, but he's a replacement punter in there kicking whatever is, you know, it's all coming down to those two positions and you're you're thinking any, anything could go wrong here. I mentioned this in the thread. Um, I was stunned that they went for it on fourth and three at the 36. And I thought maybe that was in part, Dan, that they didn't trust Polardi to give them 26 plus yards of field position, punt yeah. it inside the 10. And there was, that's a, another risk reward thing. It's like, okay, they ran a jet sweep left. They're not going to put the ball in the air. Didn't work. You know, build magnificent coaching by Bill. I think the Jets then lost 15 yards in the next three plays. But I do think it was a, uh, you know, what are those assholes, those uh, children on the ringer call it? Like, it, it's probably a plus EV decision at that point to go for it, even though I think maybe if Bailey was Bailey. Um, and you when know, Bailey was, is Bailey, he's Cornwallis, right, Scarcy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if they had Ken Walter who actually couldn't punt the ball more than 30 yards in the air, that they probably would have would have punted there. Is, anyone agree <laughs> with me? I mean, I having having a you know, damaged punter is an advantage. Like, you know, having Tim Thomas doing the, uh, getting the rebounds. I used to, I used to sit next to a guy at the old Foxborough <laughs> stadium. Uh, actually, it, it, and he used to, he used to be hammered. He'd go, Ken Walter should punt the ball off his nose. I guess he had a very prominent nose. That's the joke. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I was, I was there. So on the previous punt, Bryant was back there, right? And he kind of white went knuckle the time lines. with Brian. Oh my there. God. And he did the Cyrus Jones thing. And he was th- thankfully he was on the sideline and he kind of like, you know, he kind of pushed, muffed it out of bounds, uh, bobbled it as he was going out of bounds. But, and then I was like, I, it, he was just like, I had that feeling before the, the punt was coming. I said, Oh God, I have a bad miles Bryant feeling. And then I was like, Oh shit. I saw him back there. And I, and I, I'm not going to Chris Harper in Denver in 2015. Yeah. yeah but, that was, uh, you know, I, I when they saw Jones back there, I was like, oh, thank fucking Christ, you know. Did you uh, send a text to yourself saying he's going to score a touchdown here? No, no, I, I do. <laughs> I did have a witness saying he was going to score. That I, I did say that though. So yeah, no. Dan, Robert Sala, the, the Jets. You know, I asked you a question a couple of weeks ago. Are the Jets good? The Jets are good. They have a really solid defense. Uh, the talent on the outside is good. They lost Brees Hall in the running game, uh, suffered a bit as a result, but they also had a ton of injuries up front. Um, how can the Jets put Zach Wilson under center again this year? You know, they beat they beat the Bills a couple weeks ago, right? With Zach Wilson. They and did. they did it perfectly. They they played, they they mitigated his weaknesses. It was, it was the two headed running game. It was without hall. They, they, had, they had just picked up Robinson. So between Robinson and Carter, they were moving the ball. That's what I was worried about going to this game. I thought this, this is the type of team that has traditionally beat the Patriots, a strong defense and a, and a strong running game that just eats up the clock. And they didn't do it. I thought a huge key in this game was the fact that the Patriots defense didn't allow anything going, going on in the run. So no, to answer your original question, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't put him out there again. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, they have Mike White caught lightning in a bottle last year, and they have uh, Jump Ball Joe Flacco on the roster. Um, so I think it's only fitting. Today is the the tenth anniversary 
of the Thanksgiving night game the Patriots played at MetLife. Um, and then this happened. Talk to Tom Moore, then at Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here, and then oh, no. and Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people: forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. So Mark Sanchez, Mike, did know how Brandon Moore's ass tastes. That was one of my favorite plays uh, of the 21st century for the Patriots. The butt fumble. Mark Sanchez eats it, and Steve Gregory, uh, not one of the greats, scores on a touchdown in a Patriots route 10 years ago uh, this Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's that's why I think the Patriots should play every uh, my, my fond memories of that are why I think the Patriots should always play on Thanksgiving <laughs> night. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I don't think my wife will be uh, in the era in this era will be pleased if I'm drinking from a bottle of wine, which I was <laughs> during the butt fumble game. <laughs> Nothing can get away with that anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm very, very excited. Don't don't let them win on Thursday night because they went on Thursday night. The. Uh, what did Maxwell say? The garden is going to be a sweat box. The Gillette is going to be going to be a madhouse. I uh, thought you were channeling your inner, inner Kevin Millar. Don't uh, let yeah, us yeah. win tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't have thank they don't have Pedro in, in six, but um, I mean showing Pedro and then showing in six. But I think I think they're that's going to be a hell of a game if they if they can pull this off. And I, I'm actually kind of not terribly confident just because i feel like i can't have nice things so there i feel like i'll just be disappointed at the end of the night but and especially because i think there's a i, I have reasons why i think they should win so I, i'm just prepared to be disappointed you're but, doing this, uh, this shaughnessy calvinist bullshit here this self-loathing i don't deserve I don't, good things i, I don't, oh, I don't. Exactly. I, what do you want from me i don't I, I, <laughs> you know and, if, and, if, and, if, if they win it's gonna be fun here. man if they win that 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 bill's game is gonna be fucking awesome if if New York had been founded by you know, by you know, Puritans instead of you know mercantile <laughs> Dutch, they'd be talking about the uh, the curse of Joe Namath. You know, they haven't won anything since Namath was you know ridiculously installed in the Hall of Fame. I have this I have this list of topics on a legal pad, like it, the the drudgery of winter, like between the seasons, uh, in the spring. It's like, what should we talk about? And one of them is worst quarterbacks to ever play in and win a Super Bowl. You know, screw Vince Ferragamo and Jake Delhomme. Joe Namath is the top of that fucking list. But that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Scarty, do you remember the, where you were when the butt fumble happened? And uh, I mean, that was a great moment. Oh, it was a great day. Was, I believe I was at my uh, aunt's house, you know, just sneaking away, you know, to watch the uh, watch the game and, you know, in the, you know, Dribs and drabs kind of thing because you know they weren't really football people there, oh. but I managed to catch the uh, managed to catch the butt fumble you know live live as it happened and, and that is just you know there's you know there's members of the uh, members of the local media who think that the butt fumble is boring and you know, why are we even talking about it and they're losers because that is just <laughs> great stuff <laughs> that that is going to that that lives forever you know. I'd been living in the Northwest about 45 days when that happened. And I, I, 
in a room full of non-patriots honks and bobos the laughter is what i'll remember on that and when they showed the replay and sanchez goes right into brandon moore's backside dan uh that was pretty good do you remember that you remember you're, so you're going to the game thursday night I am. i'm hoping yeah. i'm hoping that you'll have your own personal you know you and the family will have this moment where you'll remember and talk about for years but uh, what do you remember about the butt fumble? That game, I mean, the pa- that Patriots team was a really flawed team, but of course they went to the AFC title game that yeah. year anyway. But the, I mean, a fun night. I'm not like you guys with the the exact memories of where you are when that happened. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, you were um, the only one that recognized this was the 10th anniversary. Yeah. And I had to call an audible. I had to go, check, check, Alabama, go. I want to go back to something Mike just said, though, with the the negative attitude. I can tell you that Vikings fans are kind of like the pre-2004 Red Sox fans. They're they're going into this game with that same sort of belief, like what's going to happen wrong? And, you know, traditionally Vikings going to play at the Vikings is is a good place to get things right. I, I don't know if that's the case with a new coach and a new management and you know, they've, they've, that's actually a pretty impressive uh, group of skilled position players. Um, I, I think Jefferson might be the best in the league right now, right? Was that catch in Buffalo? I mean, let's not talk about the fucking helmet catch. I mean, that rivals Edelman's catch in 51, what he did in Orchard Park a couple of weeks ago. No, oh, I think skill-wise it was, I mean, not leverage-wise and situation-wise, but yeah, skill-wise it was... You know, yeah, Jordan Poyer better, better actually back helped him better with than that, back but... too, you know. Yeah. God damn. God, Justin Jefferson's a really good player. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think I do you think I think they kind of go um you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a a different it's a different situation now where they don't have that kind of cl- I think their their DBs are all kind of equal and, and and good, but do they go with, you know, who do they go with one, you know, kind of their do they do something crazy like put put um you know, put their number two on him and then and then go bracket him. Um, that's that seems like something they've done in the past. I don't know how they approach that now. Um, would have been a lot easier to defend that passing game before they got Hawkinson, yeah. But you know what, with Hawkinson, to me, he's a guy. Well, you know, they took care of him with Detroit, but they could Detroit couldn't do anything against him. But he's a guy that to me, they don't have as much problems with um, covering him. You know, to me, they always get like, it's like a, like Conklin down in the Meadowlands and like Komet with the bear. It's like the guys that catch the ball, like are just kind of like bowling balls. And just like, those are the guys that bother me. And maybe it's situational in there. They're, they're just kind of. Uh, Let the fourth and physical, fifth guys. Physical, real physical guys. I don't know. Right. But that, that Hawkinson doesn't scare me. And all is probably a, a function of me being. Uh, rostering him for um, some inordinate number of weekends in, uh, in daily fantasy. And he always seems to disappoint me and I pick the wrong weekends, but um, no, I, I, he's, he's good. He's good. But, but I don't think I'm not like, you know, I, you know, you, I think you should let, let him cook a little bit. Let, let, let Hawkinson get, get some yards and, and take care of, take care of Jefferson, you know, something like seven, hold him like 70 yards, you know, Dan their, Dalvin, their offensive lines in as bad a shape as the Patriots. I mean, yeah, they, what's his name? There? Darrow, Clarence, Clarence mm-hmm. Darrow. Yeah, I'll say Clarence Darrow. Whatever I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Dan Dalvin Cook's a really good back. Is uh, he the second best player after Jefferson on that offense? Yeah, absolutely. Scott, so what's what's is confidence high going into Thursday night? I was Dan and I 
uh, were messaging on Monday and we did kind of the, uh, the Simmons cousin Sal thing. We guessed the lines before we looked at it mm-hmm. and I guess the Vikings would be six point favorites. I think Dan, what'd oh. you say? Three and a half, four. I said four. Yeah. And the, the, the Vikings are three and a half point favorites. Uh, in Minneapolis on Thanksgiving night, Scott. Does that, that surprise you? Is that it's under now, though, right? I think What's it's that? under. I think it's under a field goal now. Jesus, is it? Go ahead, Scott. So you, yeah. did that, would that surprise you? Like, if you're a no, gambling no, man, that uh, that doesn't surprise me terribly much. I think uh, the way I see it, I see the uh, checking. See if anyone's listening here. I think the Patriots kept things vanilla against the Jets, so they can really get into the. Glen Gary, Glen Zappy playbook <laughs> against the Vikings. They're gonna just go like that, like that play to Henry. A lot more stuff like that. Do you guys, any of you guys, listen to the Brian Barrett podcast? Or am I the only one subjecting myself you're the to only that? One. Yeah, you're All the right. Only one. So, hopefully, I'm the only one. Literally, literally. Um, yeah, <laughs> not even you. Yeah, and I think I thankfully I think that might be true. So you know, and I'm not even I'm not even going to go there. What I do want to play. And I, I really want this to become a recurring thing here. Let's play, I think, with Burt Breer. Burt Breer has no sources, no insight, uh, nothing. This is, But this is Burt Breer on NBC Takes Boston uh, talking about Matt Patricia failing as the Patriots offensive coordinator and Bill O'Brien, off, uh, offensive coordinator for the University of Alabama, returning. What do we think of the future of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as offensive coaches on this staff if the second half of this season for the Patriots does not go the way they would like it? I'm to? just going to be really interested to see again. I I think what Ding, happens in I Alabama think. is going to be interesting. And I think everybody here should be Ding. paying attention to it because is it possible that Nick and Bill talk and Billy O'Brien wants to come back and Nick maybe feels like it's time to change their offense a little bit after God forbid they lost two games in the last play of the game because, you know, everybody's in the hot seat down there when you lose two games. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that could Ding. be a play here. Absolutely. And that's why I would watch, like, really closely with the college coaching carousel. Billy O'Brien's name's been mentioned for some of these jobs, like Nebraska's one, that Nebraska's said to be interested in him. So if he has opportunity with some of the college jobs and doesn't even interview – and that tells you he wants to go back to the NFL. Um, and I think that that certainly Dang. might be in play. And I think, like, you know, based on everything we know, like that would be the ideal replacement if you were going to replace those guys. Mike, there is more insight and thought put into by the drunk on a bar stool on Broadway in South Boston than that Breer hit on Zolak and Bertrand on NBC Takes Boston. That's that's unbelievable. The just the thoughts of a, of a solitary man in a uh, million dollar Duxbury home, which may or may not contain a Luger pistol. Uh, wow, <laughs> what a fucking asshole he is! Um, and it's just the the idea that Bill Belichick is is dictating personnel, uh, coaching coaching personnel moves to Nick Saban. Like it just like just fucking diarrhea and it's 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 really enraging he sucks so bad he really sucks I, I i don't have much more beyond that but just throwing shit against the wall maybe could happen wow uh god i'm just asking for confirmation bias here scartsy uh could do you want to get pull up your chair into the row of chairs breer 
is in a profession that is completely and utterly useless, he might stand out above everyone else. I, there was, I think there were what, six, I thinks, two ifs, a maybe, a possibility in there. He knows nothing. Knows less than nothing. Uh, Dan, how, Dan, how does he keep falling upwards into these jobs? He is the senior content strategist at SI in a, in a, uh, Duxbury house that may or may not contain a chicken. I, I think of that Seinfeld episode where Costanza lost his job, or one of the times he lost his job, and he's or you know he quit his job. I liked that. Really, that was really kind of is Costanza. That was like the Three's Company with the misunderstanding. <laughs> That's right, totally did. But he's sitting around. We're into the late seventies now with pop culture references, so we're getting more current. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. He's sitting there coming up with all the things that you could possibly do, and he said, "Well, you know, sports announcer. I could maybe because I, I, you know, you always talk about the, you know, the you make really interesting, interesting comments that I during, say the games. during the games." <laughs> and it's like somebody said, "Breer, that's he. We should give that to Breer. He can he can totally do that." <laughs> So I, I gotta play. I gotta play the hits here. I played this recording before. The Patriots are second in the NFL in points allowed. Dietrich Wise is having a career season. He's at six and a half sacks and counting. Uh, this is almost the coach Greg Bedard with his hostage Nick Cattles on the Greg Bedard podcast. Let's just deal with the defense, okay? This is Bill's. This is Bill's baby. The defense, okay? You know, Dietrich Wise is here because he's here, because Belichick loves him. I mean, he's he's an average he's an average player. Is he an NFL starter everywhere else? I wouldn't say that. I mean, no less football. That's there is correct. it is remarkable, Mike, how much this guy, how much shit Greg Bedard spews. He is a pathological liar. He presents this shit as authority. I when I'm feeling blue, I think about the Patriots football ops opening an envelope or an email and looking at his resume to become a scout. Do you think Greg Bedard would want to pad? I mean, there's there's some jokes there I won't do, but Greg Bedard is a fucking obtuse idiot. And it's it's neck and neck for who's worse, him or Volan. Yeah, and of course the answer as always is yes, but yes. that's I mean Volan had quite the performance today and he got uh put in a body bag by uh mm-hmm. by Chatham, which was nice. And you know, dying on D- Dean Blandino Hill, um, you know, one of the Bag-dad great dad Blandino. What you want to talk about failing upwards? Wow. I mean, a, a completely unremarkable human in, in every respect. And that should tell you all you need to know about people that are promoted within within the NFL because he is you know one of the great one of the great middling intellects of all time but uh, that, that car salesman use car salesman level intellect yeah it's yes uh finance uh manager complete <laughs> business manager please um but uh you know speaking about the defense uh we we were saying you know maybe after five games last year we were saying that Judon is looking like a defensive player of the year candidate. And then he proceeded to, you know, join the, uh, get on the, 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 the yappa yappa list with, with KVN. Um, and, you know, we, we all speculate, oh, well, what's going on there. And you know, could it be the, the, the COVID and, you know, he did make a mention of that this year. And so I think maybe we have to give him the benefit of the doubt and, 
take some uh, me a couple laps here and because and but credit to the Patriots for I think managing his his snaps a bit better but he has been I mean as good a defender as good a defensive season this century I think right I mean I don't he maybe Gilmore when he was um unbelievable but but just but just ripping like every fucking play he's a terror he may be trouble for cousins come thursday yeah yeah i think so (laughs) yeah michael lombardi always says uh that if you hit cousins early that he'll kind of his eye level will lower a little bit uh cousins is a really really interesting case his teams are generally successful uh he tends to kind of fold when the situation uh, becomes bigger. Uh, I mean, I think he's it's more predictable than him not getting in on that Buffalo stink. Yeah, I think yeah. I would have. Yeah. I would think I would have bet a significant amount yeah. of money on that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to that think of Bledsoe a, DNA. I'm trying to think the of devout a, Drew. I'm gonna quit. <laughs> <laughs> You're still triggered about that Three Rivers uh, sneak, aren't you? Oh um, God, that's, that's, that's worse than the seven six game. God, <laughs> alligator arms on the fucking goal line and fourth down. What the fuck is the matter with you, Bledsoe? Uh, uh, but you I, know, he, I, I uh, took the bait. Christ, there, I, I, I don't know. Bait. I don't know what the equivalent is uh, of him. Um, you know, I, I, I my brain tends to go to some somebody in basketball, but I, I don't know who the equivalent is. But he is, uh, man. He, yeah, he is like, in, and I'm always like, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's 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 pretty good, but. He just like is, you know, uh, there's something that we can't really quantify there where, you know, Tom Brady would, um, you know, sell his children into um, into into slavery for a half yard on a sneak, you know, and that cousin is just kind of like, uh, uh, get. Yeah. So is it loser DNA? Loser. Yeah. It's like like Jason Tatum. (laughs) But by the way, the Josh Allen thing is like Teflon Allen. You know, he's uh, he's Mike Allstott with a with a cannon for me. Like, how can you fumble that fucking snap on your own goal? I, that's what was the shit we were worried about at the end of 49 after the Malcolm Butler interception, Dan. Yeah. Scarzi, um, you know, any thoughts on the Patriots uh, visiting Minneapolis on Sunday? Uh, Thursday, Jesus. Back-to-back Thursday games, as a matter of fact. Well, it's nice to have a Thursday game following a Thursday game. So that'll be something for us to look talk talk about in a you know another week, but uh, there it's, I I think the uh, I think the Patriots can manage to pull this out. It'd be it would be nicer if uh, Minnesota had won versus Dallas, but just so that they'd come in thinking that they're you know indestructible again, but that's not the way it is, and maybe they're just you know feeling self doubt, and and that'll work too. I'm going with Scotty. I'm going with with their. They've been irrevocably broken after winning their Super Bowl in Buffalo, and you know three. They've days given up really more points time. than they've scored, and they're yeah, eight and two. three days. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that's. You want to talk about the Pythagorean expectation? Uh, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going with irrevocably. You know, I, I was of the same mind as you, but I'm now. Mm-hmm. I've talked myself into they're irrevocably broken. They can't possibly fix that in three days. Dan, what's the feeling in in Minnesota about the Vikings right now? Is this fool's gold? Or are they uh, feeling good about it? Well, like I said before, they're they're always suspicious of it, but they'll they'll get on the bandwagon for a while. Um, I, I really don't want to under undersell this team because they're winning the close games this year that they weren't winning last year, and winning close games is a sign of a good team. So I'm 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 torn on this game. Yeah, you're couching, and I get it. It's it's it, 
are they going to regress to the mean or are they really good? I mean, time will tell that. Um, yeah, I Mike, think, I, I think defensively, ahead. I think in the, in the past game, you know, they're okay middle of the pack against the run uh, efficiency wise, but I think they're really bad against the pass. And I think, you know, the Patriots went against one of the two or three best pass defenses in the league and Mac had yes. nine yards per, per attempt for 250. So I think there's opportunity here to throw the ball um, against them. And I'm, I'm, that's, that's what gives me hope here. Um, I feel better. I feel better after Sunday with putting up three points on offense than I did going into Sunday for, for this Thursday game, for sure. Mike, the Celtics are 13 and four. The Bruins are 17 and two. The winter teams are 30 wins and six losses. It should be. The Bruins are old. I get it. Uh, it's going to be a fun winter and spring. Yeah, I'd um, I. They're both pretty, pretty dominant last night. The uh, the Celtics notwithstanding, but um, the Bruins put up you know thirty seven goals uh, again. I saw Dale Arnold citing uh, the goal differential from the twenty nine thirty Bruins today on. <laughs> he he's a bit, also a big believer that goal differential is a is a a predictive stat, which is a really <laughs> groundbreaking take from him. But no, it's been it's been fantastic, um, and you know, uh, Patrice Bergeron, what what a player, of course. Um, oh man, I, I I'd like to see them get one more, uh, get get him another one. This we, group, this group. give him a chance to skate the cup um, around would be would be nice. Um, so, but my favorite Patrice Bergeron um, moment is uh, the fact that the, uh, the 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 morning zookeepers playing black hat and um, <laughs> and Fred Toucher. Rafters like it was some because they were there was they had some esoteric appreciation of his game you know a, a surefire lock hall of fame one of the great two-way <laughs> players ever and you know the, only they saw saw the greatness of him um so but he is he is that great um what, what a what a guy and, and and a tremendous i mean never never once have you heard anything bad about about him either and he's i'd like to see him get another one absolutely this is uh he got his thousandth point in a game at Tampa Bay against a really good Lightning team on Monday night. Wide, layman is DeBrusque, his shot pulled down by Marshawn Wade, shoots, scores! Brad Marshawn with a fourth Boston net and an assist going to Patrice Bergeron for career point number 1,000. Yeah. Scarzi, the Bruins, obviously the 2011 Cup was that cup run was something that we'll never forget. Uh, the losses to the Blackhawks and the Blues uh, were, I mean, stupidly painful. Um, don't you want to see 37 win one more? Win it in the Garden and fucking skate a cup in that in Boston for the first time since any of us walked this mortal coil. I think uh, I would like to see that. I'd like to see him get another uh, game-winning goal in the uh, Stanley Cup. Bergeron, Bergeron, Bergeron. God bless you, Jack Evers. I think that was your last uh, coherent moment. <laughs> A ragtag bunch of farmers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on the Celtics and, and, and Bruins off to such a hard start. I, hot, hot stats, he tried to say in, in Dorchesteries. Um, Wish I could see more of them out here. I don't I don't get to see enough of the games. Yeah, I mean, I, I did pony up the money for... Uh, uh, league pass with by the way, NBA league pass customer service sucks. Um, 
so we talked about the butt fumble. We shit on Bedard. We shit on Volan. Uh, I think we've covered all the usual uh, territory, and we're on to uh, a Dan will have boots on the ground in Minneapolis on Thursday. Uh, our schedule is TBD regarding uh, uh, this Patriots game and the holidays. Scartelli is the purveyor of the sports drunk drawer. He is at uh, Pat Scartell on Twitter and the15net.com. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. My name is Mike Irons. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the football game. Uh, let's see if we can get to 7-4 and four and maybe start to make two in the Dolphins sweat. And hopefully Josh Allen's elbow ligaments will uh, you know, need some Tommy John attention. And stay off the pike. Turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.